You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. Welcome to episode 58. This show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Your home for all things Batman and Robin. We're also part of the Batman Universe podcast network, which hasn't officially been rolled out next year. Uh, in January is the 10th anniversary of the Batman universe, so I think Dustin's going to hold off uh, doing all the revamps uh, till then. Uh, speaking of podcast networks, we're also partnering with Batman on Film and their podcast network at batmanpodcastnetwork.com. You can get a hold of us through Facebook, Twitter at ELTD Podcast. We're on Instagram, which I have to do a better job of doing Instagram stuff. I apologize. Uh, you can email. It'd be kind of cool to get some emails into the show, and maybe we'll have a an email show where we uh, read listener email and feedback questions. Uh, you can do that at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, Terrence is manning the YouTube site, which I was monkeying with the new show art, and I don't know if uh, Terrence uh, realized it yet, but I was like, I'm kind of messing up his page, but uh, you can go over to YouTube and uh, see the Everyone Loves a Drake content content that he's putting up there. Uh, Justin Kowalski, who's we're gearing up to get him on the show um, as a guest for some of the Zero Hour stuff that we're going to cover, he did all of our artwork so a big thank you to justin he is also a round tabler along with ryan over at batman on film he also hosts his own show um called let's go comic show he has another podcast called let's go two really good podcasts if you're not listening uh, to justin's shows so go check them out and again a big thank you to justin for doing uh, the artwork for the podcast and facebook and twitter so uh, he's the man behind that like i said this is episode 58 and with me is my co-host and brother from another mother terrence o'neill how you doing sir pretty good I, I got back last night from a week at the beach and everyone else was looking at the waves and the sunset and there's lots of dolphins in the water and and all that and i'm there with my phone looking at all the comic-con stuff coming <laughs> out and like what oh my gosh look at this pop hero and look at all that stuff so uh, i'm kind of excited to talk some some of these cool things that happen at comic-con yeah, it was. Uh, I, I feel like any time a Comic Con uh, comes up, my wife and I are always doing another activity uh, while that's going on, and I'm, uh, you know, constantly looking at my phone. I saw the Justice League trailer when she went in to go buy some cupcakes. She's like, "You gonna come in and pick out cupcakes with me?" And I said, "No, no, you can, you can go ahead and just pick out some. I, I want to watch this three minute and forty five second trailer." <laughs> so. 
weekend, Diana. Me? Huh. Nothing very interesting. The world remains in mourning after the death of the Superman. And where is the Gotham Bat? The mass vigilante has been a no-show. He said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. We don't have any more time. Something is coming. No protectors here. Concerns were exploding wind-up penguins. This is crazy. Honestly, I think we're all gonna die. Each of us, in some way, is held back. Don't engage alone. We'll do this together. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. Alfred, I'll take it from here. Uh, d do I know you? Superman was a beacon to the world. He didn't just save people. He made them see the best parts of themselves. All right. I don't recognize this world. We don't have to recognize him. Have to save it. How many of you are there? Not enough. Do you really think that? Oh wow! They just—they really just vanish, huh? Oh, that's rude. said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. You know, What'd you I, think of it? I I thought it was really cool. I mean, yeah. really, really cool. Um, and I don't know if you were doing the same thing I was doing. I was trying to go, okay, I wonder if I can figure out what stuff is Zack Snyder's footage, what is Josh Whedon's stuff. And if they're both intermixed, then uh, he did a, a great job of just making it seem like 
one one seamless thing because I know you've probably seen movies too where you can tell that somebody else took over kind of like the Richard Donner um, Superman two with uh, was that uh, Lester mm-hmm. um, yeah you can kind of see what was Richard Donner's stuff and what was Lester's uh, type stuff it just didn't quite uh, mesh up well uh, but this I thought looked really solid all the characters I thought um, looked I was invested in each one of them the one that I that I was kind of a standout for me was Cyborg. Um, yeah. He didn't have a whole lot, but uh, the shot that I really liked when he's in, I think, the Nightcrawler, that apparently mm-hmm. something must happen to Batman or Cyborg takes over, but when his hands kind of like morph into like these USB type things and he says, you know, Alfred, I'm taking control, I thought that was really cool. That was straight up out of the you know, Super Friends and the Saturday morning cartoon Cyborg, where he would just kind of, you know, phase in and out and connect in with the computer. I just thought that was really cool. And just some. It was also a great humor moment when Alfred comes on. It's like, do I know you? That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And just some, like, great still shots, which, not knocking any previous uh, Batman movie at all or anything, but. There are a few shots in some movies where you can pause it and go, oh, man, that looks like it came right out of a comic book page. There were so many in this trailer that you could just freeze frame and put on your desktop wallpaper and go, man, that that looks like a scene that I've read a hundred times in uh, comic books. Uh, The closest one we've gotten before was in, uh, I believe, Batman Begins and kind of The Dark Knight, you know, only – Christian Bale's Batman didn't have his cape, but in Batman Begins, where Batman is standing on top of that gargoyle and the camera kind of pins around or or spins around rather, and you can kind of see the silhouette of Batman. That was so cool in this trailer. You see Batman crouched down, kind of looking over like the memorial of Superman, and he's like on top of a building, like he's he's being Batman. I think I put it on my Twitter or my Twitter, on my Facebook page, like. This is a, a great shot of Batman being Batman. You know, I've been waiting a long time just to see, you know, Batman kind of brooding, and, you know, yeah. standing over the city and just doing some cool things that we've seen in the comics. So I, I thought it was, uh, thought it was really good. I, I don't know if I had any expectations going into the trailer other than I, I just wanted to be blown away, and I, I, I think I was. What, what were your thoughts and some of your favorite uh, moments? Yeah, I, you know, like you, I first started watching it i was trying to pick out who, which director did what and there was a moment there was a, a couple moments in the beginning felt very Zack snyder mm-hmm. and then there's a moment where they're like um they're not i can't even remember i don't think they're in their their costumes but they're sitting around i think like a table yeah it could even be a mother box on the table and aquaman makes a comment of like i think we're all gonna die or something yeah. like that you know and that felt very josh <laughs> whedon that that reminded me of the avengers in that first movie when they're like on the um the airship what's that avengers aircraft call i forget what that the uh, yeah, I cannot remember for the life of me. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. the shield, shield carrier, helicarrier, yeah, the, the helicarrier. Like yeah, yeah, Hurric- yeah, yeah. And they were all around, and and um, Tony Stark and uh, uh, Captain America have some comments back and forth, and and Bruce Banner, and it reminded me a lot of that, which I that felt very Josh Whedon. But um, I also felt like they know they've got a hit with Wonder Woman. They know Wonder Woman was a huge success. And I mean, it leads off with a Wonder Woman fight scene that looks like it could have come right out of um, 
the, the Wonder Woman movie. Like that yeah. could have been the epilogue. Like at the end of the movie where she jumps out to like save the day. Yeah, yeah. It could have been that, and um, that that it could could lead right from there. And what's weird is the guy with the gun coming up. They don't show his face, right? Or and so I wondered if maybe he's somebody we know or some villain, and they're they're purposely not revealing that, which would be kind of cool. Um, and then they show, they go right to stuff on Themyscira, which, you know, and they show Wonder Woman's mother and it's like, so hopefully a lot of people who maybe got turned off by Batman versus Superman, but really like Wonder Woman will buy into Justice League now because of the Wonder Woman angle. At least, at least that's what they're going for. And I think it worked. And, um, the only scene where I was just kind of like, eh, was the one where Aquaman, like, <laughs> I know what you're going you know to say. Talking about? Yeah, it goes through the building. It, the going through the building part was good. The way he kind of bounces out of it looked a little rough. It was kind of like, okay. Yeah. That was my only moment where I did that. The Flash stuff I thought was kind of funny at the end where he's like, they all just left, right? That was yeah. rude. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that that was a good play on the the, the jokes. Um, looks like but, it's yeah. an inexperienced Flash because I think he says yeah. in the trailer, like, all I've really done is run fast and pushed people. Like yeah. he he is realizing very quickly he's he's in for the fight of his life. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be your character. That's the kind of like oh guys, I really am not sure. And he turns out to be the one that has to you know hunker down and you save the day uh, type of deal. I, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But I think it's in line with who uh, the Barry Allen character is. Yeah. And um, you need that if you've got all these characters like Aquaman. We don't know how old he is in the movie, but apparently he looks like he's been doing the hero thing for a while. Wonder Woman has been around at least since World War One <laughs> right. doing it. It's a much older veteran Batman. So you, you need that kind of young guy who's um, not not sure of himself. Now, leading into this, and I, I, I guess we should have said Ryan can't be here today. He's doing some family stuff um, with but luckily he sent us some pictures of baby Nora and she's she's healthy and doing well and looks great. And, you know, um, he'll be back for the next one. But he did record a Batman on film podcast. So I don't know what Batman on film had to say about this. I did read a little bit on their website. So the big news Friday was that Ben Affleck was out as Batman. This was going to be it. And the the source for that, which I kind of looked up, was a um, article in The Hollywood Reporter written by someone named Kim Masters, mm-hmm. who has quite she's she's a serious journalist. She's got a lot of um, journalistic credit to her um, resume, because but um, the article there's like one paragraph which she says a source within Warner Brothers, but the source is unnamed, says Affleck is on his way out. And then the rest of the article is just total fluff. She just kind of goes into like a history of DC Comics and mm-hmm. a history at Nightfall and different times that Dick Grayson was Batman in the comic and all this stuff, which is just – it was just fluff. It's like everyone knows that. And then – um the real reporting was just one source said he was out, which I've got to imagine Warner Brothers is having all kinds of conversations all the time about people in and out. And what if this guy leaves and what if right. that? And then Affleck denied it at Comic-Con pretty vehemently. But <laughs> he, he, when you go on Jimmy Kimmel and say you're directing and then five days later, whatever, you're not, it's hard you lost your credibility. So I was just curious for you. Do you think this justice league will be the last we see of Ben Affleck or you think he's got more Batman in him? I, I mean, it's, it's a good 
PR move on both parts of Ben coming out and saying, you know, I, I, I effing love this stuff and, you know, I, I'm the luckiest guy. I think he even said in the panel that I, I would be a chimp in the next, you know, Planet, yeah. of the, Planet of the Apes movie and that he's really excited to be working with uh, Matt Reeves. And I, I think the uh, quote went on later to say that he knows that somebody will pick up the mantle of Batman after he's gone, that he's just kind of like the steward of Batman, but he's he knows he's the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. Um, but I also think during the time that um, he was on Jimmy Kimmel talking about going and directing, you know, Live by Night was just out, and all anybody could talk about is, when's Batman? When's Batman? You know? Yeah. And he'd even said on the program, you know, nobody was asking him about Live by Night, and then... I saw that movie and I enjoyed it, but it didn't do as well as his previous films were. And then is going through a divorce, kind of on again, off again. So I imagine at some point he was just like, I can't. He was trying to write it, trying to direct it, and probably realized at some point I can't do all this because I also have to star in this thing and something's going to probably suffer. So, I mean... He could do Justice League and then, you know, months later go, well, you know, I got to rethinking it. Maybe I won't. So I'm kind of over the whole, like, well, I have a source. And to me, that's always like I tell you a secret and then you go, well, a friend of mine said, you Mm -hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you supposed to be saying that? And then we have this, like, spin that kind of gets put on everything and people are like, you know, I'm just putting this out there. I'm kind of the point of, like, how about we just wait? And, and see when he's not Batman, it'll be like, oh, I, I guess he's not Batman, rather than just kind of everybody tries to take this little nugget and spin it into a story. And I'm not saying that it's it's nothing, and I'm not saying that it's it's everything. It's I'm kind of like, I, I would just rather wait and see if I go to the theater and I it's Josh Brolin is now Batman. I, I guess that's who our Batman is, or or Army Hammer, uh, the listing of the movies uh, that are going to be coming out. Uh, I was waiting for you to say something, that Flashpoint was listed as a movie, and some people are kind of expect, or speculating that that could be the out, because that was one thing that The Hollywood Reporter had said, that there may be an in-movie solution to gracefully exit Ben Affleck as, as Batman, so they could do the whole thing where Barry runs a back... You know, it's already kind of set up that Barry, at some point, runs back into time to Batman versus Superman, where he's warning Bruce, who's to say that he can't, when he runs back, he's messed up the timeline like we've seen so many times in the TV series, and things are different, and maybe the actor is now different that's Batman, where it's still very much Bruce Wayne, but because of Barry's time travel, he messed up something, which is the graceful way of getting Ben Affleck out, but... I'm, I guess I'm kind of old school, the kind of the way I was brought up. If a guy is saying that, hey, I'm, I'm looking to do this and they're planning on three movies, that's what he's going to say. Uh, that's that's the thing until I'm told otherwise. So I've, I've rambled on enough. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so similar <laughs> to yours, but the thing that gives gives me kind of pause in the whole thing is it seems like every like, sort of director for Batman or, or you know, Zack Snyder's, you know, um, for Superman or even um, Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman, they've always when they when they get the call to do it, you hear them in interviews, they, they talk about a few 
comic book issues or arcs or storylines that kind of inspire them or, mm-hmm. or you know I, I know tim burton talked a lot about you know the killing joke and like the tone of the dark knight returns uh you know Zack snyder obviously dark knight returns sure, that's right yeah he built a whole movie around trying to make recreate that fight scene patty jenkins was talking about the original you know wonder woman run and the the george perez kind of wonder woman run you always you, you hear these uh even you know christopher nolan was really inspired by year one and the long halloween and mm-hmm. i haven't heard that from matt reeves yet i haven't heard him say and maybe somebody's heard it and could tell me but i haven't heard him say oh this you know i really like under the red hood or i really like this the only thing he said was he he wanted to make it like a noir kind of detective thriller mm-hmm. which sounded cool but to me that screams scott snyder's the black mirror like you can't get yeah. more noir than that and in that run dick grayson is batman yeah so um i to go back to the beginning premise i think batman in the in the Matt Reeves film will be the Batman Matt Reeves wants. If Matt yeah. Reeves wants Ben Affleck, he's going to convince Ben Affleck to do it. And unless it's just he can't come up with a really good script or whatever, Affleck will do it. If Matt Reeves is like, you know, I don't really want Ben Affleck to be Batman. I'm thinking this guy, then guy number two will be it, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think there's a little bit of Affleck sees that and Affleck, if he's not going to be Batman anymore, is not going to leave without getting a buyout or some paycheck or, you know, yeah. so he has to right now say, yeah, I'm Batman forever. I'm Batman because if he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I won't be or whatnot, it, it lowers his negotiation. So I think there's a lot of money involved in it, too, where you might hear people say something that they don't really mean because they have to keep up appearances for whatever settlement is going to come well, down. The- and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly too, because justice league is coming in December. And the last thing you want is a guy on stage going, well, this is my last movie. I, you know, I'm done. I see it. I think it's good. And is, you know, you want the guy, it's like, if you're going to leave at the end of this, you're still under contract to go out there, promote this thing like crazy, be excited about it. I mean, you're talking. This is a, a billion dollar, you know, franchise in the Justice League. A lot of things are riding on this movie doing very, very well. Whether he leaves or the movie does very well, it'd be very easy for Ben to come back and say, "So, this movie did very, very well. Uh, I kind of want this to happen in the Batman." But I also yeah. think too, Matt Reeves got the job for doing Batman while he was doing finishing production and editing on, you know, War for the Planet of the Apes. So, you know, they had thrown out Affleck's old script and were kind of going, you know, back through stuff. So he may not even know the direction that he wants to take it other than, yeah, this is the kind of style I want, but I haven't even cracked open a comic book to begin to think about it because he's still in heavy apes promotion. So it's... yeah. We're kind of in this weird limbo with DC of still – they're still trying to get their footing in place and like who and what they are where Marvel has kind of put things in autopilot and it, it, the, the machine is just running basically by itself. And they all they have to do is just kind of tweak things here or there. So I think it's still going to take DC a little bit to really get three or four films underneath their belt and know like – with every Marvel movie, they don't have to say, well, Robert Downey Jr. is still Iron Man. You know, now they're to the point of, like, he's done eight films. 
is he going to be Iron Man in the you know in the next one? But for yeah, you know, ten years, these are these are your guys. There's other than Edward Norton changing, they haven't lost any major principal characters through the whole Marvel you know franchise so far. Well, and my my thought as a Tim Drake podcaster was kind of like, all right, well, if they kill Bruce Wayne. Well, they're not going to make Dick Grayson Batman because they're, they've already announced they're doing a Nightwing movie. Mm-hmm. So Dick Grayson's the Nightwing, and now Jason Todd is the dead Robin. So who's the next Batman? Well, maybe Tim Drake would be the next <laughs> Batman. And then I'm thinking, oh, God, they're going to skip Tim Drake and go straight to Damien. <laughs> you know? So, but then there, then the other announcement, which you touch on here, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, was that instead of coming out with a Flash movie, they're now going to call it Flashpoint, which I, all they, as far as I know, all they've said is the title. Right. So that could be a lot of things. And then everybody was speculating that, oh, that's how they'll switch out the Batman, that they'll bring in. Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint and exit Bruce Wayne and he'll be the new Batman. I I don't see that for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons unless they change the actor because the actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan who's thrown out who played Thomas Wayne in Batman v Superman and right. I looked it up. He's he's 51 years old. He's even older than Ben. Uh, Ben, who they keep saying Ben is too old. So now if we have a trilogy of movies with him, now we're talking like a 60 year old Batman. I, I don't see it. I, I don't you know, think of that conversation with, uh, you know, the new director of Batman. You know, hey, I, we know Affleck's too old, so we got rid of him. But here's a guy who's a decade older. You know? Right. Uh, I think a, a lot of this is. The comic book fans and a lot of people want to put a spin on, well, if Bruce Wayne's out, you know, or Ben Affleck's out as Bruce Wayne, that means Jason Todd will be Batman or it'll be Tim Drake. I think it's even just simpler as that. Edward Norton was Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. At some point, he said, I just don't want to do this anymore. So they hired Mark Ruffalo, and Mark Ruffalo is now Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. If something like that happens, I don't think we're going to see Dick take up the mantle of Batman or or Tim Drake. I think this new actor is now your Bruce Wayne, and we're just going to pretend he's always been Bruce Wayne. And I mean, I liked what's-his-face, Edward Norton, as Incredible Hulk, but... By the Avengers movie, I'd kind of forgot about it. Mark Ruffalo's the Hulk. So I, I think the comic spin won't be there. I think it'll just be, here's your new Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and you know, the thing about Flashpoint, which when I re- heard that, I'm like, oh, man, I really got to get that Flashpoint podcast up and running. <laughs> but the it was shocking because the Thomas Wayne Batman was incredibly violent and used guns. And... That's not going to shock people who've seen Batman versus Superman. I mean, in Batman versus Superman, in the dream sequence, you know, Batman is in a trench coat with a machine gun shooting people. You know, he's killing people. So the ultra violent Thomas Wayne, which was shocking in Flashpoint, isn't unless he's like, you know, like dropping nuclear bombs on cities. It's kind of hard to up the violence. Right. And the the gun use and the the murder that we saw out of Ben Affleck's Batman. um, The other thing is, you know, at its heart, Flashpoint, the Flash's story is about him going back, trying to save his mother and saving his mother. But realizing having done that, it created all these other problems and he actually has to sacrifice his mother to save basically the, the universe. And I could see that working 
for the Flash, and that's basically what they did on the Flash TV show when mm-hmm. they did Flashpoint. They just kept it the story of, you know, Flash and saving his parents, basically. Um, but the main, the other main story in Flashpoint is that, you know, if spoiler if you haven't read it yet, but this is, you know, if you, go read it. Aquaman and Wonder Woman have an affair, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman murders Mira. And then from the affair, they're supposed to get married, but it creates actually, long story short, a war between Atlantis and Themyscira with basically humans and the continents getting in the way of the war. We're basically just casualties of the war. And, you know, half of Europe is devastated. And I mean, it's it's fabulous. It's it's such a great story. But I could the what I'm saying is. If you made that, first of all, you'd have to get the actor and actresses from the Wonder Woman and the Aquaman sides to all do it. It would be awesome. Imagine Flash coming back to an alternate universe where, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, half the world's destroyed and Themyscira and Atlantis are at war and you've have flashbacks of Wonder Woman and Aquaman and their marriage and all that. It it'd be so cool. It doesn't leave a lot of room for the Flash start. Like it'd be really hard to do that big story of the war, but then also at the same time, the core of the Flash story with his mom. They could do that in the comics because you had, yeah, gosh, what was it? It was a five issue miniseries, and then there were, I think, 13 or 15 three issue miniseries and stuff. So you had a lot of issues where you could have like 50 pages all dedicated to just Aquaman. As cool as that would be, I would think a Flashpoint story would focus more. More on Barry and his mother and that side of it and just have the Aquaman and Wonder Woman stuff maybe in the background, even if at all. So anyway, I'm I'm rambling here. But my point is, I don't I don't see how the Flash now being called Flashpoint is actually some kind of secret conspiracy theory to replace Ben Affleck's Batman. My guess would be they don't even have a script yet for Flashpoint. My guess is. Stuff is stalled and somebody realized, hey, if we change the name from the Flash movie to Flashpoint, it'll get people all excited and buzzing. And I think Warner Brothers is more like throw it on the wall, see what sticks. Oh, this is really good. You know, people like this. Let's give them more of that. Right. Um, As opposed to if it was uh, Marvel, like you said, and they announced this title is, you know, like a movie coming out in three years, this title, I would think they would have all kinds of tie-ins and figure stuff out and be very true to the, the movie. Well, um, but, I, even, yeah. even simply like like you said with Marvel, when we heard the title Civil War, we're like, well, Spider-Man's not even around. He was very pivotal in that. So yeah. it, Civil War was, I wouldn't say in title only, and there was a lot of elements, you know, Tony versus... You know, cap, and you have the both sides of registering and and all that type of stuff. But it was a much more smaller scope story told for the movie that used the comic book name and and elements from. And I would think the Flashpoint movie would probably do the same thing. It's like everybody knows, even the Flash TV series used Flashpoint, but did it on much smaller in Flash Universe scale, and I could see there being, you know, little offshoots and little nods and maybe a Jeffrey Dean Morgan Batman in there, but I kind of, I agree with you. I think it's going to be more closer to home between the Flash and his mother than it being this overarching 
you know, huge DC, because this would have to be a two-part movie for them to really encompass uh, an entire Flashpoint, you know, universe. Yeah, in fact, of some of the criticism I've seen of the animated Flashpoint movie, which I think is great, oh, yeah. but I've read all the comics, so they throw little tidbits from this or that in it, just just as like a nod to, hey, th- he had a comic, or and, and people who didn't read all the comics, you know, I've seen criticism like, well, what was that guy, and who's it? Why is he in there for a second, and what is that, you know? And so it it'd be hard to do the whole story in a movie i think it'll be cool but with all these movies and stuff it's like i'll see it when i believe it also it, too you yeah know? same here i mean that justice league dark was a tile they've thrown out a couple times and that came out i'll be like once i start hearing actors are being cast and they're going to be shooting within a couple weeks then i'll start getting excited for things one of the other little bits here to kind of tie things back to everyone loves the drake properly is now, Bleeding Cool is the only place that is running this the story at the moment, and I wasn't at Hall H to hear any of this, but apparently, I'll just read this straight from Bleeding Cool, uh, announced at Warner Brothers, DC presentation at San Diego Comic-Con, at Hall H, the upcoming Batgirl movie will also tell the story of another famous resident of Gotham, Robin. You know, the, the odds are that Robin will be Dick Grayson and a character who will share a romantic storyline with Barbara in the comics. And the cartoons, since Josh is writing and directing the movie, uh, you could really expect him to leave in the dick jokes. Ha ha, that's what the article, that's what the article says. It says it also may be a way to set up a future Nightwing movie as well. So just being a Robin fan, I think it would be great. I would imagine this would have to be a prequel. They've said that the Batgirl movie is going to kind of be based or loosely based in the new 52 Gail Simone style so the only Robin that was active at that time was technically Damien. So, uh, of course, being Tim Drake fans, you and I would love to hear that it's current Barbara and current situation with uh, Tim Drake, which you could kind of pull an Arkham Knight thing, which some people didn't like. Tim and Barbara being a romantic thing in in uh, the Arkham universe. But I, my guess, like even from what this article says, is that it could be a little bit of a flashback, kind of just like Wonder Woman was. It starts in the present, and then she's kind of remembering her first time out as you know Batgirl, and you get Robin. But since 1997, there hasn't been a Robin on screen. So at this point, I don't care who it is. I'll just be excited to see the red and yellow and green and black <laughs> be represented on the screen again. Uh, what would you think about that if the the Batgirl movie was a like a Batgirl slash Robin Dick Grayson or you know even Tim Drake? Yeah, um, as long as it doesn't take away from Batgirl, yeah, because she deserves her own film. But um, yeah, it, it it would look it would it would be really cool. Especially, I like kind of films, kind of like Christopher Nolan style where. There's time jumps and it jumps around. Mm -hmm. So having a film with Batgirl and Nightwing and then having flashbacks to them like, you know, him being Robin and them being younger and training would would be cool. I don't know how you'd do that with the actors if you have different actors playing it or just try to make them look a little younger. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, uh, it's almost as a Robin fan better to see Robin with Batgirl because they're like equals yeah. as opposed to Batman where 
it's clearly, you know, he's a sidekick. And then you just get the cliches of, you know, Batman telling Robin to stay behind or like everything that Joel Schumacher did in those films, <laughs> right. you know, or don't go. I'll give you all the equipment. I'll buy you this, you know, high tech uh a motorcycle. I'll arm you. I'll train you. But oh wait, you can't make that jump, so I'm going to disable it here. You know, like that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like I, you know, it avoids all of that. And having a romance with them would be good. And probably more people have played Arkham, you know, City than have read a comic book in the last couple of years. Right. So I think more people are familiar with Tim Drake in that role. And if yeah. there is a Nightwing film in the works, then I would imagine Dick Grayson would be off the the table unless they want to connect the two and have, you know, somehow. But I think looking here, it it says here that the Nightwing film is being developed by Chris McKay Mm -hmm. and that the Batgirl is being developed by, you know, Josh Whedon. So, you know, once again, it's like, do those two play nice with each other (laughs) or do that? And I still think Warner Brothers is is a film creator, you know, director driven where they're going to let these guys do what they want, or I shouldn't say guys, but females too with Patty Jenkins, you know, <laughs> in their movies and not try to force them to have 8,000 tie-ins or, you know, if they, it, it's kind of like, if you want to play with this toy, go ahead. If you want, you know, Wonder Woman, go ahead. If not, we're not going to make you do it. And I, you know, I, I it just, it's, it's kind of, I think that's kind of why we're seeing, um, so many of these like films kind of get mentioned and talked about and then they disappear because they're more trying to find creators and what does the creator want to do right. as opposed to here's our project now who can we get to do it like Marvel does this is why like you know their Gotham City Sirens was floated around for a while and I thought that would be a good Nightwing Robin vehicle yeah uh, and now all of a sudden Gotham City Sirens we're not hearing anything and then there was like a rumor that they wanted to do like joker versus uh harley yeah. harley movie and i was like well what happened to gotham city sirens here so but you know the, I'm, i've lost track of what you asked me <laughs> yeah, would that be good? yes i think that i think that would be a like i said a much better vehicle for robin than being with batman yeah and that might, that might be even kind of cool too to see batman pop in and out or i mean for that matter you could have the stuntman come in for one yeah. scene and you always see him is from the back and stuff so supposedly that's the story's going to go into production next year so i mean it, if everything holds true you would think within the next six months or so they're going to start talking about casting and who's playing what and what the uh tone is and so it's right now i, I think it's it's a good time to be a DC fan, but it's at the same time, I don't think we're breathing as comfortably as some of the Marvel fans have been for years. It's still kind of tumultuous and things kind of go back and forth. But I'm just happy that these products and projects are, are out there. They're being talked about. For the longest time, it was just Batman only. And it's nice to see, you know, we're talking things about Flashpoint and Aquaman and a Suicide Squad 2 or. You know, Shazam is supposed to be the next movie that goes under production after Aquaman. I never thought I was ever going to live long enough to see an Aquaman movie, let alone a Shazam movie. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool. Did you think it odd that we're not really hearing anything about another Superman movie? Yeah, I was really surprised that we didn't see Man of Steel anywhere uh, listed. So unless 
it's still far enough out, and then depending on, because I, I would have to believe that it's not like I don't think they have an order. Like we're going to do this movie, and then we're going to do this movie. I think the release of the titles were like here are the titles we want to do, and I would imagine at some point it's going to be a shell game of them moving a Superman movie in. But I would have. I would have surely thought that after Justice League that a Superman 2 would have been in the cards. And I'm like, Justice League Dark gets ahead of a Superman movie, and even Suicide Squad 2. I would have thought yeah. after Justice League, it, Shazam, I love Shazam, but I would have thought in Man of Steel 2 is going to be the next the next thing. So that's that's interesting how that all pans out. Tim, you'll be running Gamma. Me? Dick, I've never led a squad before. Making this a good opportunity to get your feet wet as a field leader. Because it's Gamma and you're not expecting trouble? Or because we're stretched thin and you have no choice? Just don't die, okay? And no unnecessary risks to the squad. That's an order. Where's Lagan? That's right! Gamma Squad rules! Uh, Rob? Uh, The other thing that came out of San Diego Comic-Con for us Tim Drake fans is Season 3 of Young Justice called The Outsiders, if I have that uh, title correct. And uh, two very familiar-looking characters appear in the show art. Uh, One is Stephanie Brown, which kind of blew me away, and she's in her you know rebirth outfit, which looks really pretty cool. And then a hooded... Uh, Robin, which I'm almost 99.9% sure that that is Tim Drake. The costume looks almost identical to what it was in season uh, two, other than he has red fingertips on his gloves. And the biggest thing is the hood, which people generally associate the hood with Damian Wayne, but like Terrence had mentioned earlier, with the Arkham games, they did give Tim a hood in that. And I think that just might be the times that were kind of living in that the Robin that's running around in comics right now wears a hood. So they're like, Oh, we're just going to give Robin traditionally a hood now. And that's just how it's going to be. So I will be very, very surprised if it's Damien. And it makes me think almost a hundred percent. It's Tim with including Stephanie right there. And uh, if you remember how season two ended, it was Tim and wonder girl, Cassie kind of starting their relationship and it would add a nice kind of love triangle dynamic if there's another time jump where Tim has moved on to Stephanie and then you know you have Wonder Girl kind of upset uh, you know that Tim was once with her because uh, Cassie does appear in that line as well so I'm I'm real excited for Young Justice and I can't believe it's almost been four years since season two has ended so I'll probably have to start putting in seasons one and two and kind of re-catch back up on some story threads. Uh, did you watch much Young Justice at all? And are you excited to see that we're like a version of Tim Drake is going to be in the media somewhere? Yeah, you know, um, you're going to hate me for this. I saw season one and I've seen half of season two. And you're and somehow, I, yeah, I've <laughs> never been able to finish season two just because of time. Yeah. But um, I like. It's cool that the fans kind of brought this back. Like yeah. the fans really, you know, push for it. Yeah, the the I was shocked when I saw spoiler in the artwork for it. I just thought, wow. And um 
I just thought, wow, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> the worst thing ever said on a podcast there right there came out of my mouth. Yeah, I'll make sure I and, emphasize that when I when I edit it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll finish season two, and uh, definitely season three will be uh, good. And I wonder if they'll they'll have Ariana in here as a <laughs> love triangle with Tim. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Tim doesn't have just one girlfriend; he has four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, it was a, a real big uh, Comic Con this year. A lot of you know stuff has come out. I can't wait to kind of. I know this is a, a DC podcast, but I'm really excited to see a non bootlegged version of the Infinity War <laughs> trailer. I've kind of yeah, seen that one that's like tilted on its side, and you I, you can't quite see the whole thing. But um, just between that and I guess there was Aquaman footage that was shown. The one single Tim Drake toy. Uh, that was released is actually a statue from Iron Studios. Um, I don't believe they're a U.S. Um, made product. It's something that this guy is going to have to order probably from overseas. But it's in the style of the Arkham uh, Knight universe. So it's the shaved head Tim Drake uh, kind of looking down. It's basically the artwork, uh, the standard artwork for Tim Drake that's in the uh, video game. It looks pretty cool. It's a one-tenth scale uh, statue. I retail for about 69 70 bucks, something like that. So it's nothing that I'm going to buy every single one, but it, it's Tim Drake. I don't really care what version of it is, but that was that was the one piece of merchandise that was Tim Drake related. But um, I think it was a, a pretty cool uh, uh, set of panels and things they had. I kind of wish more that they would show the panels i know that's for a lot of people that go there but i kind of wish maybe there was you know the following weekend for those of you that couldn't be there you could kind of see you know some of the major panels but that's that's all part of going to the con you know we can just have to read about it on all these websites so yeah dc used to have a podcast Mm -hmm. and the podcast was just the recordings of the san diego comic-con panels and then they'd, they'd, they'd release them all, and then there'd be nothing for a year, and then they'd release them. And then somewhere like four or five years ago, they just stopped doing that. And it's really annoying because I really like listening to those. But I want to mention one other thing that came out because this is something we talked about here. A lot of stuff happened 25 years ago because uh, they announced at the Comic-Con in, for next year. And, I, and th- this should probably be our Christmas episode next year because it right. was released on Christmas Day um, twenty. Five years from next Christmas, not this Christmas, uh, <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm is going to get a high-def digital release yeah. uh, for its 25th anniversary, which then also we're just a couple weeks away from the 25th anniversary of the first airing of the Batman animated series, which we've got to do some stuff for, if you don't mind me mentioning it, Rob. Go we're, for it. We're, we're 25 years now from um, – I think it was just a couple weeks ago was the 25th anniversary of Batman Returns coming out in the the theaters. I've been down here too long. It's time for me to ascend. From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. I am Catwoman. 
only one who can save this city is a creature of the night. Hey, stud. I thought we had something together. We do. While she craves a romance she can sink her claws into. You're a cat now to a girl like me. He plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguins, thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all of them! <laughs> you missed. looms its greatest hero. And uh, it's funny because I've got HBO for like a free trial. And it, for some reason, I, I turned it on and it was Batman Returns was on the other day. I didn't even realize it was the 25th anniversary. And I, I was like, I haven't seen this movie in so long. And it was the scene where Penguin is going to his parents' grave. And it looked beautiful. Like, it was an amazing artistic scene. The music was fantastic. Um, and he, he goes to the grave. And it's like, I'm like, wow, I've misjudged this movie. This is this is really amazing and then he goes into this speech where he's like looking at his hands and he's like maybe when they saw their child holding its his tiffany rattle with you know penguin claws instead of five digits they you know were repalled re- re- or, or something he's like that yeah. and but then and i'm like what am i think wrong and then he goes i was their number one son but they treated me like number, number two. two and i was like <laughs> oh okay now i remember why and i and so I popped the movie in for the DVD. I'm like, I want to watch this again. And I, you know, it's like the movie can't get out of its own way. Like it, I think anyone who's seen the movie would agree that the music is fantastic. Danny Elfman's mm-hmm. music is amazing in it. And the artistic direction is amazing too. They, they don't always pull it off. Gotham City looks like a soundstage and there's not a lot of people in the background for a major, you know, US city. But, you know, a lot of the art is really beautiful and they they just have these amazing moments in the movie that is so good and then they have do something that's just like you just like ah oh, it's just cringeworthy and so i think i i think the cringeworthy moments are less than the brilliant moments and I really, really like the movie now. I've watched it like five times in the last two weeks and watched all <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm a fan of this movie now. I think I really like it. I think I can get over the stuff I didn't like. But my question for you, because I remember leaving the movie theater like stunned, like, like, how could I not like that? Like, it, it never occurred mm-hmm. to me that I wouldn't like it or that it would have penguins with rockets on its back and, 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 and stuff. And so I just out of curiosity, Rob, what did you think when you saw it 25 years ago, and has your opinion changed in the last 25 years? 
I remember I remember walking out with the theater with my girlfriend at the time, and she's like, oh, you must be really happy to see another Batman movie. She's like, this is probably your favorite Batman movie ever. And I'm like very convincingly trying to tell her, oh, yeah, it was really good. And I kind of like you, I'm in the back of my head going, why didn't I absolutely love this? Because I loved 89. If I could have carved a bat logo into my head back in 89, <laughs> I would have. But I know my mother would have killed me. <laughs> yeah. So I had to settle for drawing it on a, with a magic marker on my hand. But uh, there was just some stuff like... Like you said, there are some moments where I thought, oh, that is so cool. But then, it, like you said, it gets in its way. I'm like, oh, like he's coming down, the penguin's coming down the stairs eating a raw fish. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it can't get any worse than this. Oh, wait, he just bit some guy's nose off. Not a lot of reflective surfaces down on the suit, yeah. huh? <laughs> 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 Still could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> Your nose could be. What do you mean by that? Back to work. Let's make a mayor. You're right. We missed the regularly scheduled election, but elected officials can be recalled, impeached, given the boot. Think of Nixon. Then think of you, Oswald Cobblepot, filling the void. I'd like to fill her void. I need signatures to overturn the ballot. I can supply those, Oswald. Teach her my French flipper trick. Oswald, we need one more thing. A platform. Stop global warming. Start global cooling. Make the world a giant icebox. I like it. The mere recall, we have to have a catalyst, a trigger. How are you doing great, Mayor Cobblepot? Your table is ready, Mayor Cobblepot. I need you, Oswald. I need you now. That's the biggest parasol I've ever seen. An incident like the Gulf of Tonkin or the Reichstag fire. You want my old friends up there to drive the mayor into a foaming frenzy? Exactly. Sounds fun. Um, but I, 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 I mustn't get sidetracked, Maxie. I got my own things to tend to. Sidetracked, Oswald. This is your chance to fulfill a destiny your parents carelessly discarded. Reclaim my birthright, you mean? Imagine this matter. You have the ear of the media. Access the captains of industry. Unlimited ping tang. You drive a hard bargain, Maxie. All right, I'll be mayor. Yeah, where he, he looks at her at the corner, he's like, something about fill a void. He's like, I'd like to fill her void. I'm like, he did not just say that, did he? Like, I know, yeah. I know. So, I, uh, Andy DeGenova, if you're listening, uh, I th- you're going to hate me for saying this. I think that's why, to this day, 
I still love Batman Forever so much because it wasn't Batman Returns. Now, that being said, the last five Christmases when I'm wrapping gifts, I'll put in the animated series, uh, two Christmas ones, uh, Holiday Night, and then, of course, Christmas with the Joker. And that's not enough to time to wrap presents. So I've been watching Batman Returns. So the last five Christmases, I've watched that movie every year when I'm wrapping Christmas gifts. And I'm actually kind of a fan of the movie. The the parts that are still cringeworthy for me, I still go, ugh. But on a whole, I started going, you know what? It's not really a Batman movie anymore. It's a Tim Burton movie that happens to have Batman characters in it. And he's using them kind of in whatever kooky way he wants to, but it, it still kind of works if that makes sense. So a movie that was always at the bottom of the list, I always liked 89 forever. And then I would reluctantly put in Batman returns. And then of course, Batman and Robin was the last, but uh, a returns has really, really grown on me. And there's some uh, really cool moments, even when um, Bruce and Selena are on the couch uh, trying to you know make out with one another, and she reaches down and touches his side where you know he she had like kind of stabbed him, and he raises up kind of the arm on her shirt, and you see where the acid spill is, and then both trying to figure this whole thing out. I thought was just brilliantly done. Um, the Max Shrek and Bruce Wayne scene with the power plant and Selena coming in, I thought was really good, and one of my favorite lines is when Bruce sees Selena. Oswald controls the Red Triangle gang. I can't prove it yet, but we both... Wayne, I'll not stand for mudslinging in this office. If my assistant was here, she already would have escorted you out to... Anywhere he wants. Preferably some night spot, grotto, or secluded hideaway. Nice suit. Selena. Selena. That's my name, Maximilians. Don't wear it out or I'll make you buy me a new one. Selena. This is Bruce. Wayne. Yeah, we've met. Have we? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I mistook me for somebody else. Sorry. You mean mistook me? I mistook me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, isn't that what I said? No, I don't think so. And he says, you know what? I mistook me for somebody else. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I yeah. thought that and Michael Keaton's, you know, delivery in that was just really kind of it actually was brilliantly spot on. So I Yeah, if you hadn't mentioned that, I was gonna say that too. It was just one of the, the highlights. That that is so great. I remember seeing that in the theater thinking like <gasps> That's brilliant. Like, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And he has that moment of like, oh, crap. I saw you as Batman, but not as Bruce Wayne. And so, yeah, yeah there's uh, there, there's some really cool moments in there. But it's it, it's funny. And I, I kind of wonder that will Batman versus Superman be that movie 25 years from now that people will look back on and go, God, I hated this movie. But you know what? Because I, I was right there with Returns. I was like, if I don't ever see this movie again, uh, it will be a, a day too soon. And I, like I said, the past five years, I've watched it every Christmas, and it's something I look forward to while I'm wrapping gifts. So, Yeah, there's another scene, too. There's two scenes in it, that I, three of one you just mentioned, but the, the other two that I just find so brilliant is Bruce is like sitting at home watching the TV by the fireplace. Mr. Wayne, something wrong. No, uh, 
His parents. Again, this scene direct from Gotham Plaza, where we have just witnessed the emergence of the finds penguin man of the sewers. And the penguins, like, talking about searching for his parents. And he, like, stares at the TV. And, like, Alfred is like, sir, are you okay? And he, he's, like, like, lost in thought. And he's like, his parents. I hope he finds them. Yeah. Like, it's just so subtle. But it's like, wow. And you start thinking about, like, what Bruce and his parents and getting murdered and all that. It, it's done really well. And then there's another scene, which I remember even seeing it in the theater, just being blown away by it. It's like because they're subtle, but it's Bruce's Batman and he's driving around in the Batmobile and it's snowing and he's the only car out on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's making like the Batmobile's making, you know, tire tracks in the snow. And he pulls up to the like Hall of Records where um, Penguin is doing his research and he's just like looking at Penguin in the window. And it's like it, he knows something's up. And I thought that was like so good. Are you concerned about that strange, heroic penguin person? I think he knows who his parents are. There's something else. And the Danny Elfman soundtrack behind it just makes it even better. And then um, I also liked it, too, because, you know, then Bruce goes in the Batcave and he's got his own microfiche, which I know kids don't even know what microfiche is. <laughs> but I, I remember seeing that going, oh, he's got his own microfiche. That's so cool. And um, I was such a nerd. And uh, he's actually doing detective work. Like yeah. he's looking in and figuring out who the penguin was and that he figured out he was like this penguin boy from the circus. And, and it's like it's. You don't see Batman doing a lot of detective work, even though he's the greatest detective um, in the Batman movies. And I also like because then Alfred brings down his soup and he, like spits I, it out. I, <laughs> yeah, and he's I'm like it's cold. And he's like it's supposed to be cold. Circus put on a swell show with fierce lions. Circus returned for two weeks. Kids will love. Thanks. Cold. It's a fishy swell, sir. It's supposed to be cold. Circus is back with a freak show. An episode for kids featuring a poodle lady, the world's fattest man, and an aquatic bird boy. Why are you now determined to prove that this penguin is not what he seems? Must you be the only lonely man beast in town? The circus faltered its tents yesterday, perhaps forever, after numerous reports of missing children in several towns. Police have closed down the Red Triangle's fairgrounds. However, at least one freak show performer vanished before he could be questioned. I suppose you feel better now, sir. (sighs) No. Actually, I feel worse. 
where, you know, people fall into this thing with Batman where we love him because he's a human and doesn't have powers. But then we want him to be able to do everything perfectly and never make a mistake and never lose a battle and, and be superhuman. And I liked how Michael Keaton had a Bruce Wayne who, you know, was socially awkward with a lot of stuff. Like he's spending his time figuring out, you know, martial arts and how to beat bad guys and how to do detective work. And he, he loses some of those like social skills, like in Batman 89, where he doesn't know where to put the pen and he like sticks it in a, a plant at the casino thing. And, and, and then when he's like talking to, um, Selena Kyle and he's in the elevator and he's like, wait, I'm leaving. I'm going, you know, like I, I like that, uh, Bruce Wayne, and but here's a couple th- things I thought of and I wanted to mention to you. Selena Kyle. All right. So Michelle Pfeiffer. My problem with Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie is even when she's Selena Kyle in the beginning and she's supposed to be frumpy and, uh, you know, her performance is great. Her acting is great. Mm-hmm. But you take Michelle Pfeiffer and you take away her makeup and you put her in some old fashioned frumpy clothing and you mess all hair up. She's still amazingly gorgeous in that movie. Like <laughs> yeah. she still looks like a supermodel. It's hard to, to buy her transformation a little bit. When I first saw her transform uh, with cat powers, I was so furious in the movie mm. theater. I was like, this is not the movie. But now in the comics, they've retconned it in New 52 that that is how she got her powers. So who knows? But um, now when I watch it, I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense because how could you have her get all these powers and do all this stuff with the whip and make this huge transformation overnight unless you had some, you know, like supernatural explanation. And I mean, they could have thrown in five minutes to say this is the magical talisman from ancient <laughs> Egypt that she found in, from a museum robbery or something. You know, she, they could have done that. But, it, you know, it's still it is what it is. Her Catwoman is fantastic. I love every scene. Basically, she's in as Catwoman. It's brilliant. But it it does nothing it has no effect in the movie except at the very end when she kills max shrek instead right. he would have went to prison like she has no effect on batman he's the same guy who broke up with vicky vale and can't handle women in the beginning like batman doesn't change at all in the story everything else would have went on as planned so she's really cool but she's really you could tell an add-on and very you know superfluous to the story do you agree that like what effect yeah. does she have on the story um you could take her out of the film, and uh, you could put Vicky Vale in that role. Uh, Kim Basinger could repl- reprise her role, and been you know working for Max Shrek or taking pictures of Max, and gotten into trouble and pushed out a window, and survived the fall or whatever, and it did not change anything. I felt like, like you said, she acted very well. Some scenes, you know, where she actually puts the real bird in her mouth and holds it there for a couple minutes. You know, it's not CG. She's said before that, you know, she actually put the bird in there. I thought, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I do that. But she doesn't She doesn't do anything in the movie other than she does do pretty very well. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm not, and she's great. I enjoy yeah. watching it. I'm, I'm all for pretty. But it's the same exact movie if you completely took her out of it except for her kissing Max and killing him at the end. That's it. Max goes yeah. to jail instead of dying. And even – you could almost say the same is true for Batman because without Batman in the movie, the penguin still comes up. He's still they Max still makes him run for mayor because it's all about creating this power plant for his son. I don't know why he doesn't have his son run for mayor, but whatever. Um, right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, the only difference is at the end, 
possibly Penguin may have succeeded in his plan of killing every firstborn child or so so really batman really has no effect until the very end conclusion which you know may have you know who knows what would have played out with max and all that but it's 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 kind of weird that you for 98 percent of the movie you could take batman out and nothing would change <laughs> right but that's that's kind of just one of those movies that even though you can have some alarming problems with over the course of time it just it still kind of works, and I stopped like scratching my head about like, okay, why do I not like this movie? And now, why all of a sudden do I really kind of enjoy the movie? You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to hit play and watch, yeah, and watch a Batman movie. And uh, and I'm glad that you know here we are in 2017, and they're still making Batman movies. And I've heard people knock it, but it's one of my favorite Batman suits. Oh, they I went back the to the yeah, they went back to the original like oval from the Neil Adams comics with the the bat symbol cuz the the one in Batman 89 was a little different the 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 lowest point in the middle had like little flares on the sides yeah. that weren't in the comics and um 89 one is awesome too but it looks like you know molded rubber anatomy where this had like like the abs had like this design of like flaps overlapping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I really, I thought the suit was awesome and the art direction. I mean, the, the penguin looks awesome. The Catwoman looks, I mean, everything looks awesome. The music is awesome. Um, and you could kind of tell the one thing I was thinking of is Tim Burton was a freak, right? He's, he's the guy who people laughed at in high school and, you know, wore his hair differently and was into different stuff and was a freak and everyone probably like teased him and he was probably bullied and made fun of and he was very artistic. He, he goes to Hollywood. He's kind of an unknown, gets famous. It makes Batman 89. And now he's the toast of the town. He's like the superstar. Everybody loves him. You know, everybody wants to be with him. He can date, you know, but he's been linked with some, you know, beautiful women, you know, dating. And and you could see he's probably in his mind thought to himself, why do they love me now when they hated me? Five years ago, you know, five years ago, I was a freak, you know, and this how how is this fake? And if you look at the movie he made after Batman 89, which was Edward Scissorhands, right. it's about a freak who everyone is afraid of and is crazy. And then he becomes the toast of the town and everybody loves him. And, and then everybody hair. turns on and has weird hair <laughs> and is very goth and, you know, very pale. And then if you look at Batman uh, Returns, the same theme is in the Penguin. He's He's got freaky hands. He's a freak that everybody hates. Then he becomes the toast of the town. Everybody loves him. He becomes mayor. And then he he's evil. And I, I as you said, it's a Tim Burton film with Batman in it. Um, you could see what what Tim was like thinking and feeling in that movie. Um, but it kind of something probably a lot of people kind of have those feelings and feel like, you know, you know, if you were made fun of or bullied or picked on at some point in your life and then you're not anymore, you probably still feel like, well, what's different now than, you know, a couple of years ago. So I think that. That's why both those movies will kind of hold a, a place in people's hearts. But um, Ryan did want us to mention that he does love Batman Returns, but it's hard for him since he started so young. It's hard for him to distinguish what is nostalgia and what is actually appreciation for <laughs> filmmaking. But um, I think we all have stuff like that where, you know, it's <laughs> nostalgia overrules anything else. I do remember Batman 
returns feeling like, uh, you know, this it just wasn't what I wanted. Right. And then a couple months later, when the animated series came out, being blown away, being like, now this was the Batman I wanted. Like, this is the Batman that I've been reading in the comics. Like, this is, you know, when I close my eyes and imagine a Batman story, this is the Batman. Yeah. So it wasn't really that long that I had to wait to get the, the Batman I wanted. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to in September we're going to have to um, do a, a retrospective of uh, Batman the Animated Series. So that will be fun to do. Uh, maybe we'll put this out there now. Um uh, like Terrence said, doing this in September. So if you're out there listening to the podcast, be kind of thinking of some stuff between now and then. Maybe tweet us favorite Batman animated series episodes. And obviously with this being Everyone Loves the Drake, we might lean more on the new uh, Batman Adventures that does feature Tim Drake. And maybe maybe in the episode we'll do a commentary track of one of the Tim Drake episodes, but obviously talk about, you know, the first three seasons of the, you know, original uh, animated series. So just kind of throwing that out there for uh, anybody on Twitter or Facebook to kind of get us doing our homework now, because I imagine we'll probably record that a little bit ahead of time uh, just so we have some, you know, prep work uh, so it can actually be released on the 25th anniversary. But I think this is where we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, We had... uh, like Terrence and I always say, like, oh, we're going to record this little thing for this other little thing that we're going to do. And now this other little thing that we're going to do is going <laughs> to appear yeah. later. But Terrence had a really cool idea off off mic, so we're going to do that. So this was just our look at uh, San Diego Comic-Con and uh, talking a little bit about the 25th anniversary of Batman Returns and... Uh, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, these uh, next few months going by, and once we get to uh, November, I mean, it's we're in hot, the tail end of the movie season. We've got Thor Ragnarok, we've got Justice League, and this little film called Star Wars. We'll have another <laughs> <laughs> movie, so uh, I think we're going to end the year. Hopefully, like I hope all three of those films will be really good, and we'll be some very eager fans going into 2017. Um, I, it's, I, I feel so bad lately. The last few podcasts, I keep forgetting to say, "Hey, Terrence, if anybody wants to get a hold of you out there, uh, uh, where can somebody get a hold of you at?" Yeah, so you can get a hold of me. Uh, you can come to my house. You can <laughs> knock Mowish, on the door, mow his yard, yeah. do his dishes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on Twitter uh, at O'Neill Ties, O N E I L L T I E S. Um, also with the YouTube page, um, I have a, um, a YouTube page that actually has hit a hundred subscribers. So it now has like a normal tag, which is youtube.com slash O'Neill travel, where we put up, uh, just some of our travel videos. We're still trying to get, you know, I think about 40 more subscribers for the everybody loves the Drake YouTube page. Um, so we'll be putting up content and I try to do some like uh, little video recaps of, uh, just different comic books we've been talking about on the show. So you don't have to, uh, dig in your long box to <laughs> pull out that issue and try to find, you know, prodigal, you know, issue five or whatever. Um, and, um, you can hear me every two weeks here on Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. And <laughs> hopefully someday on another podcast, if I ever get it up off the ground, that'd be great. I'd love to hear that flashpoint podcast. And then, you know, Ryan is at SMB underscore, um, 
Brian, yeah, duh. SMB <laughs> <laughs> underscore Ryan. Why? Wow, I forgot what his Twitter handle was. Uh, he's got his Asriel podcast, and I'm glad you said something because it almost slipped my mind. Uh, I saw a little video of you and your daughter doing the Warhead Challenge, yeah. and I was getting ready for work, and I had to stop getting ready for work because uh, I was laughing so hard. Uh, it's Danielle, right? Yeah, she's got a YouTube channel she started. It's it's uh, Danielle Days D A Y Z Z. Is it? Uh, I don't I don't even know how she came up with that name, but she had mentioned doing the Warhead Challenge, and of course I have to take it up a notch. And my, I think I I, I don't even remember how many I ate. I think it was in the twenties, but 20s, um, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. They, my tongue hurt for about five or six days afterwards. <laughs> and the funny, I just kept laughing so hard. She was like, "Oh my gosh." Are you, are you going to do that? Are you going to die? Or, <laughs> she was just so mad. You were just so very, you know, serious about it. And you're like, oh, that's no big deal. You know, I want you through it. Then when you put them all in your mouth, I, <laughs> I just bite at the floor laughing so hard. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's seeing Ryan with, with his new baby and then seeing like two fathers just really enjoying their children and taking time to just, just be a cool dad. So thumbs up to, to both you guys. One in the, early stages and one, you know, are right in the formative years and you guys are taking cool vacations. So it's cool to kind of see you guys do uh, family trips and stuff. So you just kind of want to see some uh, fun family videos. Check out uh, Terrence's other uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, If you want some good family awe moments, uh, you guys have some cool ones. But the Warheads, that that was funny. And I think I even put on the Facebook page, like, I wonder what else Terrence will do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you got to tell me how you your YouTube page, Rob's Rogues, how you got so many subscribers for your page. Um, I pay you've people. got one thousand two hundred and ninety one subscribers. <laughs> and I, I feel really bad. I haven't put up a lot of content in a while. I think the most recent thing that uh, I put up was I, I forgot to talk about it here uh, was the uh, original artwork that I bought from uh, Pat Gleason, the original pencils. And then I got the inked page from uh, Mick Gray uh, from Superman 18, page 2. And uh, you had mentioned it on the podcast earlier where Tim is banging on the wall. Someone got out. Someone got out. So I, I can't believe I have two original uh, comic book uh, pages. And it's really cool to actually see the real pencils. And you can see, like, some smudge marks, you know, or just around just some of the pages, some of the imperfections. And then seeing the actual inked page. Of where you know Mick Gray cleaned up Pat Gleason's pencils, it just it, too sharp or too sharp looking pieces. But uh, a lot of it was just me collecting action figures and kind of getting into a community with some other people. We've had uh, Olivia Mullins on this show uh, talking about some stuff. Uh, you and I did a, a show with her for I think Robin War. I think that's the one mm-hmm. uh, she was on. So she's kind of in that group with us, and um, the subscribers just really kind of. As far as the YouTube goes, it's kind of like really interacting with other YouTubers and kind of really doing a lot of self-promoting and things like that. So it took about three years to get up to break the the thousand subscriber barrier. And I remember thinking, I'm I'm only going to ever probably get five. And I remember <laughs> yeah. when I when I hit ten, I thought ten people took the time to click the like button and and watch these videos and I go back every now and then I watch some of my early stuff and I'm like oh my gosh I don't know if <laughs> I would have subscribed to myself but it it makes me really happy on this end for the show our our podcast that 
so many people are enjoying the show that seeing retweets go out of it and people will really like the Tim Drake character. And um, I know Terrence and I, and I probably speak for Ryan as well, are both really grateful for the support uh, that everybody is is given this podcast, and uh, it's uh, we hope to keep delivering uh, good quality content. So thanks to everybody out there. But uh, yeah, the YouTube's been fun, and that just kind of um, got the juices going for doing this podcast. So it's kind of like it's kind of funny how everything all kind of comes right back full circle. So. Yeah, the uh, is a podcast and a podcast. Well, he does podcasts too, but uh, a YouTuber that I like. He does Disney stuff, Walt Disney stuff. Uh, he's pretty. He's got a really high like subscriber rate. Um, his name's Lou Mangello. I'll give him credit out there. And he, he was. I, I was listening to one thing he did, and somebody asked him, "How do you get more subscribers? How do you get more people?" And he said, "Don't worry about getting subscribers. Just worry about doing like a good show and." Mm-hmm keeping the ones you have happy and just let the, let all that take care of itself. And I was like, you know, I feel like we do that with this, you know, I don't think we have a, you know, the highest, you know, listenership out there or whatnot, but the Tim Drake fans who like this stuff, who come to this podcast, I think, you know, uh, like this, this what we're doing. I don't want to sound like conceited, but I think we're doing a yeah. good job for the people who are a part of this fan base and like this stuff and and like hearing about you know comics that are 25 years old and like hearing about some of the new stuff. And so from that aspect, I, I really appreciate all the feedback the the people on Facebook and fans you know give us, and um, it's been pretty cool to interact and you know talk with them and stuff and and see their reaction if you put put a picture or some news article seeing what people say so it's been pretty cool yeah so i think this is where we're going to end this episode uh tune back in a couple weeks we will have the zero episode and uh, a little peek behind the curtain it's going to be story time with rob that's all i'm going to say <laughs> so and we'll have to see what Terrence and Ryan think of story time with Rob. Yes. But uh, uh, you can find me, uh, obviously, on uh, the Twitter feed. But if you want to see my Twitter stuff, uh, you can check me out at DrummerRob10 on Twitter. And I'm on Facebook at Robert Myers. So uh, on the behalf of Terrence, Ryan, and Rob, and baby Nora, this is <laughs> the BatmanUniverse.net. And more importantly, this is Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at thebatmanuniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. 
Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Take care.